Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to yet another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents series. Today's episode is from the classic The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, Private Eye series, and is titled Life Can Be Murder. The Adventures of Philip Marlowe was a radio series featuring Raymond Chandler's Private Eye, Philip Marlowe. It first aired in 1947 on NBC Radio under the title The New Adventures of Philip Marlowe with Van Heflin playing Marlowe. This exciting episode is brought to you by BoomerFlix.com. At BoomerFlix, you can watch thousands of the old classic television shows, classic horror movies, classic westerns and the oldies music you grew up with. Give BoomerFlix.com a visit and take a trip down memory lane. Also, don't forget to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all episode categories, titles and more. That's UncleEric.com. If you can, you can help Uncle Eric keep this podcast up and running, by buying him a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Now, enjoy today's episode with Philip Marlowe Private Eye, titled Life Can Be Murder. Get this and get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road and those who travel it wind up in the gut of the prison of the grave. There's no other end. But they never learn. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Now, with Gerald Moore, starred as Philip Marlowe, we bring you tonight's exciting story, Life Can Be Murder. A sign in the half light above the entrance reads, Bell's Trifle Inn. If you say it fast enough, you may be right. It's authentic English script, and it hangs over the door of an authentic English restaurant just south of the authentic Sunset Strip, owned and bartended by Bell Smithers. Inside, from the paneling to the prime ribs and the Welsh rabbit to the dartboard at one end of the bar, it's the Union Jack all the way. And it figures. Bell's authentic, too. A hundred percent pure. Nebraska. I always sit at the bar. Milo, you old dog, you've been neglecting me. Yeah, well, I've tried to stay away from you, honey, but I can't. You're bigger than both of us. <laughs> oh, you and your palaver. Yeah, me and what you said. You want a drink, honey? Yeah, but make it with your own light hand for a change, will you? I'm tired of walking out of here on my knees. Just an ounce? The water will float it. Okay, honey, it's your poison. And my stomach lining. Hey, looks like most of the regulars are here, huh? Don't you ever get tired of looking at the same old faces? I can stand it as long as they can. No, Milo, I kind of like it. Clubby this way. You get a few people who just come in to see what a lady barkeep's like, but most of them are just regular folks, you know, real people who like the food. And drink, huh, Belle? Oh, yeah, sure. Sometimes yeah. I forget. I get all carried away working my jaw. Cheers, baby. Yeah, thanks, honey. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you forget a lot of things, I think, like teaching school in um, 
Where was it, Nebraska? <laughs> Ogallala. That name don't stick with you worth a darn, does it? Ogallala. Yeah. Does that mean anything? Oh, it does to the folks back there. County, see the Keith County. It's right there on the South Platte River. That's just south of the North Platte River. Yeah, well, that's a nice ride. No, Milo, that's one thing I'll never forget. Teaching school back there in Ogallala. I declare if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be doing this now. You see these reached cattle folks, they come through from Cheyenne, and what have they got but a 13-year-old shaver? And where are they going with the shaver but England, and what do they need but a tutor? And who do they draw but me? Right out of 10th grade social studies at Ogallala <laughs> High School. <laughs> now, I got a feeling you've heard this song before. Yeah, just a few thousand times, Belle, but don't worry, I like it. Matter of fact... Excuse me, Mrs. Smithy. Oh, call me Belle, honey. What can I do for you? Oh, well, I... The young lady said you kept the dart, the bar. The oh, for the dart? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, sure, I do. Well, it is all right, throwing darts. I'm waiting for someone, and I oh, it's I'd... perfectly all right, honey. Just make yourself at home. There, there you are. Thank you. Oh, I, I hope I didn't bother you. Oh, I'm so glad you did. In fact, if you want to build a house, I'd like that too. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, for the dark. Hey, Belle, that red hair, the green eyes. Oh, get Milo, you and your... Don't say it. Just pour me another palaver in water. <laughs> if you don't beat all, I declare. Look out, Milo. Oh. Bullseye. Oh. She made it, Milo. Why, your head was right in front of the target, and she still made it. Yeah, well, I'm very happy for it. Oh, I hope I didn't frighten you. I had no idea your head was in the way. Neither did my head. As long as it's you. Oh, but... <laughs> look, I'm really sorry. Sorry? Why? We haven't had a bullseye all week. That rates a drink and dinner on the house. Uh, Belle. For two, of course. A uh, Belle girl. Uh, right now. Uh, tonight. Come again. Where's Marlo here, naturally? That's my girl. The red hair and green eyes smile. A nice smile. Went along with the gag. We toasted a throwing arm, my head, and Bell's solid sense of judgment in putting the dartboard at head level at one end of the bar. By the time we moved to a table for two, I knew her name was Monty Carr. Before dinner was over, I had a pretty good idea that everything about her was all right with me. Hey, Marnie. Hmm? You got that look again. Oh, really? Which one? The, uh, dark one. Happens every time you look toward the door. Oh, yes, I expect it does. You see, I'm not exactly a free agent. Oh? Someone brought me here. Said he'd be back. Ah. Think he'll object to our little party, is that it? No. Not really. I... I guess I hope he doesn't come back. I hope so, too. Tell me, can I play 20 questions? Uh, I'd rather you didn't. Okay. You know, I, I really feel pretty silly. It, it's... Well, it's so easy being with you. Oh. Like I've known you a long time, and... Well, I, I practically picked you up. You know, I've never done a thing like that in my life. Yeah, well, Belle picked us both up. I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think you even heard me. It, it's very important to me that you know I've never picked anyone up. Sure. I believe you. You know what I mean, then? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm doing something wrong and I should feel guilty about it. But I don't. Oh, dear. I'm not making any sense at all, am I? Look, why don't you just forget about it, huh? 
You said you felt easy with me. That's enough, isn't it? Yes, that's enough. Well, I, I guess... I, I really think I should go now. Oh, Bill will never forgive you for not finishing the trifle. Uh, how specialty, you know. <laughs> well, maybe I'll come back sometime. I'll eat a double order. Ah. Will you, uh, let me take you home? Oh, I don't know. It'll be all right, Marnie. Very all right. Well... Can I take you home? Yes. Yes, you can. Good girl. We'll stop by the bar and slip Bell the grip, and then we'll be on our way, huh? Yes, I do want to say... Who did they drop us me right out of 10th grade social studies at Ogallala High School? Yeah, yeah, you told me, Bell. Great story. You ought to change it a little, Bell, just for listener interest. Hiya, Matthew. Oh, hello, Phil. What brings you up? Uh, Miss Carr, Lieutenant Matthew. How do you do? Miss Carr. Great dinner, Bell. Dinner, Bell? Oh, I lost my head. Honestly, Marlo, I declare you say the darndest thing. Yeah, I'm a regular year, yeah. It was a very nice dinner, Bell. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, honey. You come again. She will. Night off, Matthew? Yeah, so far. Hey, you two have a drink with well, me? I think the young lady's anxious to go home. Oh, I'm afraid I'm taking Phil out of his way, Lieutenant, but... Bedford Drive isn't too far. Maybe he could... Now, wait a minute, there. wait a minute. I'll make my own arrangements. I huh? know some lovely folks on Bedford. The Dickinson, 600 blocks. Do you know them? No, no, I don't. I'm north of there, 2470. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll see you, huh? Night, Belle, Matthew. Good night. It's nice to meet you both. Yeah, good night. Good Turn right at this corner. It's the last house on the Oh. Say, uh, Marnie, can we do this again? Oh, I don't know, Phil. I... Are you usually at Bell's in case I get the urge to throw darts again? Yeah, well, I also have a home and I'll get a dart board. <laughs> Let's keep it at Bell's. Maybe later sometime I'll... Oh, wait a minute. What? The house. Oh. Hey, looks like you got company. Car in the driveway. Yes, I see it. I wonder what... The guy who was supposed to come back and didn't? I'll say goodnight here, Phil. Don't bother coming to the door. Oh, now, look. Please. I think I... I mean it. I... Well, maybe I'll see you at Bell's again. Don't call us. We'll call you. Is that it? That's it, Phil. Mm. Thanks. I liked it. Great work, Marla. So crazy about you, she's running the other way. Oh, what an unbelievable night. Never mind, Paul, it's going to die. Uh, good night, Bill. Thanks again. It wasn't ideal the way the evening ended. Not the way I'd planned it, but then how could you plan an evening like that? Girl meets dot, girl throws dot, girl meets boy. Didn't make much sense, but it didn't have to. It was a nice evening. Short, but nice. Bonnie Carr was a nice girl. And I decided to leave it at that. Nice girl. It was straight up 11 o'clock when I got home. I thought about the red hair and the green eyes for several pleasant minutes, and then I went to bed to sleep. Hmm. Perchance to dream. Oh, well. Oh. Oh. Hello. Matthews. 
Ward last night. Where was it she lived? Where, where did she live? Yeah. Look, it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, You're asking... Take it easy, Phil. Was it 2470 Bedford Drive? Yes, it was 2470 Bedford Drive. And if you hurry, maybe you can get there in time for breakfast. I'm already I'm all... here, Phil. And you better come on out. The dame has been murdered. <laughs> I tried hard to see the face of the guy in the doorway the night before. Paul Monty had called him, but it was no use. You can't remember a face you never saw. And the car in the driveway when I took her home, a Chevy Coupe, gray, two-door, 49 or 50. Ah, there are millions of them. It had been blue and bright with stars the night before. The morning was hazy, overcast, and so was I. Matthews met me at the door. Come on in, Phil. Sure. Tell me, uh, how long you known her? Last night. You sure? I'm sure. Uh, Any idea what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone was looting the place. The back door was jimmied and some stuff missing. This dame must have interrupted it and got herself killed. Where is she? What, the cops? Yes, the cops. In here. Not money? Did I say it was? Oh. No, but I, I thought that. Never mind, do you know who this is? Yeah. yeah. Anne Harkness, according to identification in her purse. Huh? She's from New York. Taxi driver brought her here about 11 last night from the airport, and the coroner says she must have been shot shortly after that. Uh huh. You bring your girlfriend uh, straight here from Bell's? Yeah. Oh, that's new for you. All right, huh? That would put her here by 10.30 easy. So? So the taxi driver says a red-headed gal answered the door and let the Harkness woman in. That doesn't prove a thing. No, 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 it doesn't. I'd like to talk to her, though, Phil. You know where she lives? Well, she lives here, doesn't she? Uh-uh, no. House belongs to Mr. and Mrs. Orville Edwards. They're out of town. They got called to Chicago yesterday with a death in the family. Oh, uh-huh. And the neighbors don't know anything about this, Miss, uh, Miss Carr, was it? Yeah, Monty Carr. Yeah. Well, I got a call into Chicago for the Edwardses. They ought to clear it up. Mm-hmm. That's something here, Lieutenant. Oh, hello, Mr. Morrow. Hiya, Mooney. Yeah, what do you got, Sergeant? Well, this address book. Phone number from the phone desk in the hall. Nobody named Carr listed, though. Uh, okay. This note might be something from the big bedroom upstairs. Under the house. Oh, well, let's see. It's signed Marnie, Phil. It is? Yeah. Let me have a look. Yeah. Dear Mrs. Edwards, thanks for the lovely remembrance. You're very thoughtful. I'll tell Miss Harkness to make herself at home. Yeah, whatever that means. I'll keep looking around, Lieutenant. Do that, Mooney, huh? Well, as soon as the Chicago call comes through, we'll get our hooks into something. Look, Matthews, you mind if I look around? No, help yourself. You got any ideas? Yeah. I don't think Marnie had anything to do with it, and I don't know where she lived. Okay. Okay, Phil. Only leave the note with me, huh? I looked around and tried to figure things that didn't figure. Marnie didn't live here, but she knew the Edwards. That is, she knew Mrs. Edwards, and she addressed her as Mrs. Edwards and signed herself Marnie. Maid, maybe, huh? 
Paul could have been anybody. And I wanted to find Marnie before I took up the matter of Paul with Matthews. Upstairs by the phone in the master bedroom, I found something Sergeant Mooney had overlooked. Another address book, smaller, with phone numbers. I flipped through it. There was nothing under C for car, but under M for money, there was a Crestview number, but no address. I decided to take the book with me. Oh, you still here, Phil? Yeah, yeah, just leaving. Oh, look, uh... Hey. What? About that car, girl. Yeah? She may be the sweetest kid in town, and she may be a killer. You never know. Thanks for the tip. And, uh... I didn't call you to get in my way, Phil. If I find her, I'll tell you. Fair enough? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Just don't get lost finding her. It was kind of a break. Head start, at least. I had a phone number for Marty that Matthews didn't have, and I wasn't for her against him. He knew that. I just couldn't think murder and Marty in the same thought. Until I could, I'd string with her if I could find her. The morning haze was lifting somewhat as I stopped at a gas station on the strip and used the payphone. Mr. Felix's, good morning. Uh, what'd you say this one? This is Mr. Felix's beauty salon. Oh. Oh, uh, is Marnie there, please? I'm sorry. Miss Marnie's not in today. Uh, can someone else help you? Oh, no, I, uh... Look, would you be kind enough to give me a home phone? I'm sorry, sir. We're not allowed to give out phone numbers. Oh, but I'm an old... It doesn't matter who you are. I can't give you her number. Okay, thanks. Help you, sir? I just talked to you a few minutes ago on the phone about Marnie. I remember? told you then. I tell you now, we are not permitted to give out numbers. How did you find us? Well, Mr. Felix is in the book and Marnie's not. Look, really, this is important. I'm doing this for her. I've given Mr. Felix my word, and I've never broken it. Yeah, well, I don't doubt it. Oh, Marnie's friend here. You know the special one she keeps talking about her all the time. Isn't it strange? I, I can't remember her name. Peg? Yes, yes, Peg. Sure, that's the one. Can I talk to her? Well, I... Oh, all right. Oh. 36. Desk, please. 36, please. Thank you. I hope this never gets back to Mr. Felix. I can't imagine what he'd think. Oh, I can't either, but don't worry. My lips are sealed. You blast for me, Liz? Oh, yes, 36. Peg, this gentleman... Over here, Peggy. It's about Marnie. Ah? What about Marnie? Well, I don't have her home phone or her address. She wouldn't give it to you, huh? Uh, well, no. She, uh... She wouldn't. You look all right to me. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm a nice, clean-cut fella. Yeah. Looks like. Yeah? Uh, what do you want with mine? Yeah, well, I just want to see her. Good enough reason? <laughs> Best in the world. Mm. She don't feel too well today. She called me first thing this morning. Your fault? Uh, no. No, no, I don't think so, no. Tell me, what did she say when she called? But she didn't feel too well. Ah. Well, now, look, Peg, mm. does Marnie go out to Mrs. Edwards often? Just when she's called to do her hair. Mm -hmm. Good enough reason? You're all best in the world. <laughs> do I get that phone number? Uh, Ridgely, 0040. 0040. Yeah. And that's 1637 North Vermont. 
Apartment B. Ridgely, 0401637 North Apartment B, yeah. huh? And, and walk softly by A. That's the landlady. Yeah, well, I'll remember. Thanks, Peggy. And, uh, if you don't find her, come back. I'll give you mine. <laughs> Peg was something of a prophet, uh, among other things. Well, there was no answer to my knock at 1637 North Vermont Apartment B, and no answer to the phone call I placed in the lobby. So I quit walking softly by apartment A, knocked there, and the doorway was suddenly filled with a solid block of granite. Yes, I'm a landlady, but if she don't answer the door, it makes sense to me. She ain't in. Well, have you seen her this morning? Ain't seen her since she went to work yesterday morning. Ain't seen him either. Her husband? Husband. <laughs> Young man. Even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. And I was getting proud of my head. It could dodge anything from flying darts to door slams near the eyebrows. But that was about all I was proud of at the moment. I wasn't exactly closing in on money. The landlady's snort didn't give me much of a line on Paul, if that's who she was exhaling about. And there was a matter of Ann Harkness, who flew into Los Angeles the night before, just in time to be murdered. Well, I drove to a nearby drive-in and mulled over a sandwich. Coffee was grim, too. I was starting in on the routine that begins with, if I were Monty, where would I go, when I got a flash of an idea. Ten minutes later, I was banging on another door. Oh. I'll arrange for swinging doors first thing tomorrow. I'm sorry, Belle, but I got an idea. Well, I look... told you lately we're not open for lunch. I said I'm sorry, didn't I? It's oh, just... Oh, a... I'm sorry, too, Marlowe. Guess I'm kind of off my feet today. I All declare right. you ought to see what that butcher sent me in the name of Prime Rib. And Charlotte Paul said she'd floundered like a beached whale all night. Bad tooth. Belle, will here. you run down? And when I got here... This was here for you. Oh, oh, let's see. Someone shoved it under the door, I guess. At least that's where I found it. Mm-hmm. Well, land of Goshen, come in. Get enough people, we'll put on a floor show. You have been a busy boy, Phil. Hiya, Bill. Make yourself at home, Lieutenant. I got work to do. If you know that, you also know I'm getting nowhere. Yeah, maybe. Hey, listen. Huh? You've been tailing me, Matthews? Tailing you? Oh, yeah, that's no. what I said. no. Just uh, the boy's been going the same place as you have. Ah, a little bit later all the way around, and along about the second stop, the description began to fit you. It did. Uh, <laughs> now, look, tell me, how did your phone call to Chicago come up? Oh, we found out where your Monty car fits in. Oh? Yeah. That Harkness dame was a friend from New York who came to call on the Edwardses. Uh-huh. And they tried to intercept her when they got the call about the family debt in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Only they couldn't reach her. Now, your Monty told Mrs. Edwards she'd stick around the house and wait for the Harkness name. Is that all? Well, they described some of the stuff that might be missing. We checked, and it is. It is, huh? Yeah. Tell me, how do you uh, figure Monty by now? How can I figure her, Phil? She's missing. Yeah. Yeah. She is missing, isn't she, Phil? I said if I found her, I'd tell you. You remember? Oh, yes. I remember, Phil. I just want to make sure you do.
I ain't got a reason for not telling Matthews about the note Bell gave me. It was signed Marnie, all right, but it wasn't the same handwriting I'd seen in the note she left for Mrs. Edwards. It said, Phil, meet me at 8.30 tonight in the park above the bluffs of Santa Monica. That was all. Except 8.30 was like six hours away. And it's just dark here at 8.30. And a fella can get killed keeping that kind of an appointment. You ever wait six hours for something to happen? Oh, it's no fun. Neither is the thought that maybe something final has happened to a pretty nice person. I was almost sure now that Paul was my boy. But almost wasn't close enough. And I had to find Marnie, if she could be found. Now, I got to the park above the Santa Monica Bluffs about 15 minutes early. Left my car a block or so away. And all the way to the park, I watched for a gray Chevy Coupe, 49 or 50. When you look for them, they're hard to see. And then I saw it. Parking half a block down, a guy got out and headed into the park. I let him go, got to his car about the time he reached the bluffs. I don't know what I thought I'd find, but not in my wildest dreams did I expect what I found. Three minutes later, I was put the floor boarding it up the coast highway toward Malibu. The Seaway Motel, 21245 Malibu Road. That's the way the parking ticket I lifted from under the windshield wiper on the Chevy Red. And that was good enough for me. I hit two wrong doors before I found the one I wanted, and I had to spring the lock. Morning. Place rough, doesn't he? Here. Here, I'll untie your wrists. Nothing can get away with it. Phil, I've been such an idiot. You love him a lot, huh? Who? Who doesn't love their own kid brother? Paul is your kid brother? Yeah, all mine. Write it down somewhere, Phil. Big sisters don't make good mothers. Take it easy, honey. You're okay. Now. Sure, I'm fine. First I catch Paul stealing from the Edwards. Then I stand there like a zombie and watch him shoot down a woman he's never seen before. Take it easy, honey. Oh, Phil, I'm sorry. I didn't want to drag you into this. He asked me who you were when you brought me to the Edwards last night. I'd never heard of you, but Paul had. And Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's probably him now. Be careful, Phil. He's crazy. I'll be ready for him. Right behind the door. Right, boyfriend, stood me up. We've got to get out of here. Oh, hey, I... hey, what is this? You better... <laughs> oh, Phil. He's just a kid. Yeah. Just a kid. Matthews and wandered up. Everything checked, everything balanced. Paul cried like the baby he was and blabbed his head off when he came to. Monty just cried. Funny how many people dispose of anything from mayhem to murder with the phrase, he's just a kid. I bet someone said that about Capone, Dillinger, and pretty boy Floyd. Now take Monty. She's... What a kid.
adventures of Philip Marlowe, bringing you Raymond Chandler's most famous character, star Gerald Moore, are produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and written for radio by Kathleen Height. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg and Joan Banks, with Paul Dubov, Jim Nusser, June Whitley, Shirley Mitchell, and Marjorie Bennett. Detective Lieutenant Matthews was played by Larry Dobkin. Gerald Moore may soon be seen in the Santana production, Sirocco. The special music is composed by Pierre Garagank and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. I hope you enjoyed this latest Uncle Eric Presents episode. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Please check back often and make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you won't miss the new exciting episodes. In the meantime, scroll up or down to find other exciting episodes to listen to. Don't forget to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the program categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of the old classic crime and detective television show episodes you can watch as well. They're a hoot to watch. That's UncleEric.com. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye for now.